Hello, beauties. You are listening to the Beauty of the Nile podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Mobley. The Beauty of the Nile podcast is your source for wonderful skincare tips, favorite skincare solutions, amazing advice, great conversation, and fabulous beauty inspiration, specifically for women of color from the experts on skin of color. We are here to affirm and amplify the beauty of brown skin in all shades and to encourage women of color to care for and love our brown skin. We believe that skin care is health care and self-care. Each episode features a different guest who will be dropping dimes to help you best care for and love your brown skin. I'm excited to be here with you. Let's get started. Today, I'm here with Anita Kalathra. Anita is an actress, writer, and filmmaker who can be seen in season three of Doom Patrol on HBO Max and in the film India, Sweets, and Spices, which made its world premiere at the 2021 Tribeca Film Festival and is available on Hulu now. Her first film as a writer and actress was titled Arranged, and it went to the Rhode Island International Film Festival. Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, and the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival. She wrote and starred in Unfair and Lovely in 2018, which was widely well-received and praised. It led to a feature on BuzzFeed India and went viral, amassing over 140,000 views on YouTube. It also garnered interviews with several notable podcasts, including Down to Brown, where she spoke about her film and colorism in India. Anita loves creating characters and telling stories of atypical women who follow unique paths and defy cultural and societal limitations. Anita, welcome to the Beauty of the Nile podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. And so I know that you are a super talented actress and writer and filmmaker. So what was the first memory of you know wanting, wanting to enter this world of acting and writing and doing what you do? The first memory. Um, okay, that's a good question. I feel like the thing that I remember most, and this is not like the first time I ever got involved with acting, but I do remember just like thinking I was going to come to LA for six months and like packing my bag of just six months worth of clothing and just like being like, no, it's fine. I'm just going to just check it out and see like what pilot season is like. And I just like went out here and I never went back. Like I just never where did you move from New York and I live in LA now and I've been here for like a while so it's been like I just keep forgetting how long it's been and then every time I'm like oh my god I can't believe I just like never went back home (laughs) is it like a do you remember that like a breakthrough moment when you were in LA you know you thought still you were going to stay for just a little bit of time and then you were like no this is where I'm supposed to be this is what I'm supposed to do um, you know, it actually happened pretty quickly because I got here and like, t- I had tried to find an agent when I was in New York and it just didn't work out. And also I wasn't pursuing it kind of like much there. I was worried about being too close to my parents um, and just having them have a little too much like involvement in me figuring out how to get an acting career started. I just felt like if I was home, they would pressure me to go to law school like they wanted. And I was just like, I need to get away in order to like figure myself out. And so I came here and then literally a month in or two months in, I got signed with a pretty great agency and they're actually home right now, but um, I've moved around in between, but I'm back with them and they're amazing. But anyway, um, just funny that I like feel like that was pretty much it. I mean, as soon as I got signed, I was like, oh, it's real. 
like I guess <laughs> I, I have opportunities now and you know I was already getting in a room so I was like okay I, I guess I'm doing this for real <laughs> Yeah, that's so awesome because a lot of people, I mean, for anybody listening who's not super familiar with the industry, that doesn't happen for everybody, like where they start getting in rooms and start getting opportunities. So I think that's really amazing. Um, have there been any moments along the way, because I know the industry has a long way to go in terms of like diversity and inclusion. Have there been any moments along the way where you started to doubt your place in the industry? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first few years I was, I was only in the last like three-ish or two, three years really that I've maybe even really the last year that I feel like, especially for South Asians and specifically that I've seen a lot of a push for South Asian related content or like South Asian representation. I really haven't seen much of that in until really this last year. So I would say there is like a big downturn in like, like probably like four or five years ago where I was like rethinking everything because I just, you know, there was like a lull period and there was just not a lot of opportunities and um, yeah, I, I definitely remember, I'm not sure exactly when it was, but I do remember like a couple of years where I was just like, or a year where it just hit me and I was like, do I keep doing this or do I have to pivot or what do I do? Like, I don't know if I, this is right for me. And, and actually kind of happens more frequently than you think. Cause with acting, it's really, I think one of the hardest things is just to stay, um, to know your worth and to know your value. And it can be really difficult to, to do that depending on your personality type and, I know for me, I struggle with that. That's like one of the things I struggle with most is like being my own validation and not seeking validation from others, especially with the whole way that now um, auditioning has gone to Zoom and to like to self-tapes. It's very like thankless. Like you send your audition in to this void and you never hear back. And I mean, you can, but it's just, it's just fewer and further between that you get feedback or responses. And I miss like redirecting in the room like I used to. And it's tough. You have to be like, you have to really give yourself that validation now. And it can, I can tell that it's like very easy to lose faith. Like I've seen myself being like shaken a few times, just even still when I know I've worked and I, I know my worth, but it's still just, it happens. <laughs> it's like yeah. definitely one of the toughest parts about being an actor. Is yeah. You're that. human and you're being like evaluated all the time and you're evaluating yourself. Um, and everyone is like their toughest critic too. And I can't imagine yeah, I looking think at myself hard. like that every day. It's hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I feel like a lot of artists I know are like, whether whatever art form you're doing, I feel like a lot of us are very, very critical of ourselves. And so that can be a problem for sure. Um, but it's cool. It's just like a whole process of learning and working on that and working on your own self. And that's like kind of the biggest, the most important thing that I learned is just working on yourself. Yeah, that's a good, important thing to learn just in general. And, you know, if you ever feel bad, just think you're probably a far better actress than any of the rest of us are at pretty much anything else. So <laughs> just give think of that. Compare <laughs> yourself to others and make them so bad. No, no, I want to do that. <laughs> at acting, for sure. I definitely promote that. If you want to see me act, that'll make you feel better on a bad day. <laughs> um, so when you, you talked about kind of knowing your worth internally, is that what you'd say kind of is the biggest thing that, when you're in those down moments helps you turn around or are there things that you think to yourself or say to yourself to kind of get yourself back up? Yeah, I think like the biggest thing when you are having like a downturn period is like to just find your inspiration creatively and like whatever media that is, like whether that's doing stuff for yourself or doing that, like sharing stuff or creating something or writing something. And like, I think those things always like keep me inspired. And for me, that's like, 
as long as I still have those creative juices flowing, like I'm, that helps me get out of whatever funk I'm in. Yeah, that's a a good, that's a good, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, kind of keep one foot in front of the other and yeah, stay focus a little bit it sounds like like yeah well I mean for me because I'm like a multi-hyphenate so I do write so I go to my other things because I have a lot of kind of things going in the same way but I do know that with even with just like with actors who are maybe not doing that or just doing one path like find other ways to do things whether it's with friends whether it's like silly sketches whether it's skits like whether it's just going to get get back in class and go on stage or doing theater like there's just so many ways it can be creative and it doesn't even have to be acting like you know it can be drawing or painting or whatever it is that like keeps you like still creative in a different way because there are probably so many other hobbies that you have that you can focus on and give some time to and like that I think is so important I think actors tend to just like get in this like hole of like this is my life and this is everything is about this audition and like I'm going to drop everything for this and it's like not healthy to do that yeah yeah I think that's really good so like doing creative things but not like it doesn't have to be your thing just doing creative things to keep yourself happy and motivated and whatever yeah like I think it's it's more important that it's not something that it's like work related because that'll like help you get back to what the reason you're doing this anyway yeah that's a great that's a really great answer um okay so, (laughs) so in your in your work as a writer an actress filmmaker what would you say you hope to accomplish through the work that you do? Um, just tell stories of um, that I haven't seen on TV. And like really one of the big things for me is obviously like diverse representation. That's a big part of everything I write has that in mind. But also like every experience that I have and that I've lived as a South Asian person is very different than others. So it's really just like, bringing things that other people can relate to that I haven't seen yet or um, just stories that haven't been told like that kind of thing I'm sorry that was probably worded badly but you know (laughs) no I think it's it's worded correctly I think it's like stories that haven't been told or stories you know I think a lot of times in the media and entertainment we've talked I've talked about this with my sister a lot like I think the stories that were told maybe aren't the full story right or they don't show the full breadth of people and cultures and things like that and like don't show you I know you and I have talked before about like you know there's a bit of colorism and some and you know into a lot of entertainment and media and so you don't always see all the people that make up the breadth of a culture um and a race and things like that so I think that everything you said made a lot of sense to me <laughs> yeah I think too like yeah one of the things is like also female characters is really important to me so like obviously writing from a female perspective but also writing from female diverse perspective is really important because our experiences are just so different um so one those I love writing characters that just are unique and different and um kind of are the rebel kids most of the time um but just in general I love storytelling and exploring that art form from my voice has been really cool um but also just the representation is just so important, whether it is just South Asian, but it's not, to me, it's not limited to that. It's like making sure that I'm having well-rounded characters that are, that I can imagine anyone getting cast in. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you were a rebel kid or are a rebel? <laughs> I mean, I was like the, I was like the wannabe good kid who became a rebel, you know, like I was an honor student and like, I was always like busting my butt to get good grades and doing everything my parents wanted me to do. But I also like knew I had this in the back of my mind. And as much as like I wanted to make my parents happy, 
I didn't exactly do what they wanted me to do. I mean, they wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, and I did not end up doing either of those things, even though those LSAT books are still sitting in my closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. Since you're listening, I want to make sure that you have access to all of the great Beauty of the Nile content. Make sure you're subscribed to the Beauty of the Nile newsletter. Of course, it's free. Just head on over to beautyofthenile.com. Enter your email to subscribe. It's super quick and easy. You can do it now. We'll be right here when you get back. Enjoy. But I, you know, I had to do what I had to do for myself. And now my parents kind of have shifted. And now it's more just like, be the best you can be at that career. But it is a little, like, too much pressure that, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate because that's the thing with, with South Asian parents is they tend to be very pushy no matter what you do. <laughs> like, the pressure is always on. <laughs> Lots of pressure. Well, did they ever say to you, like, they think pressure makes diamonds? Is that how they justify it? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that my dad came up with that phrase, but basically that, that yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Um, so you're like a rebel with a cause, kind of. That's a rebel with a cause. <laughs> yes, I still, I feel like I'm always going to have to prove myself to them. Like that's always going to be the case. I don't know that they'll ever be satisfied, but that's just kind of the way they are. And I've accepted that about them. And I've just realized that there's like a lot of big thing with, I think a lot of diverse um, kids that have this kind of thing. It's kind of really a lot of, it's culturally like kind of, common to not pursue the arts careers in general whether it's you know acting or whatever and so I think the biggest thing is just like learning that you may never get that validation from your parents and you just have to be okay with that yeah that's you said like acceptance acceptance is a powerful powerful thing in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways um okay I really love that answer um thank you so yeah yeah really making me feel good today like yeah (laughs) full of affirmations it's funny I don't realize I give them and (laughs) until someone says that's a lot of that's a lot of compliments Um, if you need some compliments come to me right I'm working on affirmations so so you um you've spoken out I know really courageously about colorism um, I think that's how I first found you. One of your videos that like went yes. viral. I was like, I love this girl. I'm so glad I found you. But um, yeah. can you share a little bit about like some of your experiences with colorism growing up, and maybe how that has affected you in your life? Yeah, um, I, we probably have talked about this before, so I don't. I hope I don't like you know repeat anything. But really, just for me, it was it was a big part of my life, and and even still, I I still you know, have moments where I think back and realize like, okay, this affected me in such a way that I don't, like, I am still working on it <laughs> as an adult, which um, just because my parents really were, um, they didn't know much, like they didn't know any better because this is how they grew up in South India, like where, you know, fair and lovely and bleaching cream were very commonplace. And when I was a kid, they would have, they encouraged me to use that stuff. And like, you know, I can't really hold it against them because I don't know that they really knew what these things how bad these things were because they grew up in this kind of environment too. So um, it was tough to like retrain my brain to not think that getting dark is a bad thing. And, and it's, it's funny because I actually noticed that even whether you're light skin or dark skin, and if you're South Asian, this is like a common thing. Like I still hear to this day, people 
people around me who are like light skinned South Asians mentioning, oh, I, I can't get a tan or like I need to stay out of the sun or, you know, I just look bad with this, like this tan. And it's just, it's not that I don't like getting dark. It's just that it just looks bad on me. Like I just hear things like that where, where I actually think it does affect a lot of people, whether they realize it or not. It's like a subliminal, like it's all in your brain that you think that it is not okay to get dark. And it is a big part of South Asian culture, unfortunately. And I know it's a part of a lot of other cultures. Um, and it's just that, that retraining of my brain to think that that was not, that was, that this is okay has been a long process. I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with it now. I don't feel like it's as much of a struggle and I enjoy like <laughs> this part of like this change in my life. And I really hope that whatever I can do in the future to, is just to like make sure this doesn't happen to future generations because I mean I think it's already changing like you can start to see like even just with the like with all the representation that's been coming out on just like new social media platforms like TikTok and stuff like that you see a lot more like dark skin representation which I love I mean just when I when I started acting there just wasn't a lot of it and I struggled with that a lot during my career and I feel like it's I'm finally starting to see it. There's still a long way to go, I think, because I think there's just like one token person like that on on everything every once in a while. And so there still needs to be a whole lot more work. But I think it's starting to move in the right direction. And it's just cool to be part of that movement. And I hope like whatever I do make someone at home feel that way, like that I'm they're represented. And mm -hmm. yeah, and then with the things we tell our kids in the future and things like that. Like, I hope it changes. <laughs> yeah, I think it will, because there's a lot more consciousness now that like you're saying it, I think it'll take a lot of time. And if you have to unlearn, I think a lot, whether it was from home or whether it was from the world or the media or whatever, but I think you hit on something that I found super interesting that I found super interesting through beauty of the Nile and the conversations I've had is like colorism is so pervasive that it doesn't matter what your skin color is. Like people will really feel like they're too dark and that anything that is like darker than what they are, what they're comfortable with is bad. And I think that like, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, like you said, that, that the colorism exists and that we lived with it. But I think you're right. It's something that people don't even realize that is internalized and it affects how we feel about ourselves. We feel about other people mm -hmm. um, and it can be, very very harmful but I think like you speaking up about it is super impactful even if you know even if only people who heard it were like the many I think a lot of people saw your video but like if if the only people who heard it were those people like it gives it only takes like one second for someone to shift or have a question in their head of like am I thinking about this the right way yeah. you know should I open my eyes to someone else's experience and so I think that's something that transcends cultures mm -hmm. um which I think is really powerful yeah and it it's because like being a first gen kid like like a lot of our parents grew up in that way and I think it's starting to change in like back in India and in other countries too um but yeah that's the fundamental thing has to change and that shift has to happen and a lot of what we see in like mainstream media has to shift in order for like all of this stuff to work um but yeah I do see the change happening like very visibly like even just that this short I released a short film called Unfair and Lovely and like Feel like I mentioned this to you before but I, I I still get messages and comments all the time on that video um from people all over the world and they're commenting about how much it moved them or you know some of them messaged me about how it changed uh, or caused them to change their their whole thinking on it and 
and it was just like a like a five minute <laughs> short film and just to think that that message like got across so clearly and affected so many people it's just like so important like yeah I mean changing is great yeah you're you may think it like caught on so quickly and probably still has the impact that it has because it's so real like I think like I think I, I don't remember how I saw that video but I remember thinking like somehow some algorithm served it up to me and I think it's because I'm like this wild person talking about loving your brown skin and even that like talking to people people are like wow like I had not thought of it that way or I didn't realize how much I was looking to be less less dark than I was or those sorts of things and the whole I thought is like well there's no right way to have brown skin there's no right way to look right lighter is not necessarily better fairer is not necessarily better and I think just you saying that is pretty powerful because nobody says it it's like a quiet thing that no one really says out loud and you said it out loud I think that's probably why it had such an impact yeah um I mean I was so glad for it and I'm seeing so much more conversation happen about it and I think it's just important to keep that going so that we can make sure that this doesn't happen for future generations we just have to like keep it as active as possible yeah yeah we do um we'll just make more videos and I'll <laughs> I know I'm like, oh, what can I do I keep thinking about like doing like a sort of spinoff of that short to into like a long form thing and I I've been like approached about it too so I mean it might happen at some point you should do it I'll be in the front row watching <laughs> you should do it hey there while you're listening I want to make sure you're staying connected with us on social there's so much great content over there too. Head on over now to at Beauty of the Nile to join us on Instagram and all social platforms and join the Beauty of the Nile community Facebook group. Super quick, super easy, and totally worth it. We're excited to stay connected and continue to grow the amazing Beauty of the Nile community with you all. Enjoy. Okay, so this is a related question. When you hear me say, love your brown skin what does that mean to you it's really just accepting and loving the skin that you're in whatever that is for you I think that's really the most important thing and not and being comfortable with the skin that you're in whatever it may be like however it may look yeah yeah I definitely agree um glad to feel that way <laughs> um, okay so a little a slightly different question um do you have any skin concerns one of the things that like we think about a lot with beauty of the nile is loving your brown skin can also mean like how you care for it what you put on it all those sorts of things do you have any skin concerns that you struggle with yeah um being well i have very sensitive skin and i get hyperpigmentation a lot and that's like something i struggle with a lot and like even just recently, I had an allergic reaction to some lip thing and then my lips got discolored and I am like wearing lipstick so you can't tell. But <laughs> um, but yeah, but that sucks. And it does happen to people with melanin more. And it's I struggled with it since I was like a kid. I've, I've had allergic reactions to random things. I don't know what they are. And like, I'm actually going to do an allergy test to figure out if I can get narrowed down what is causing those things in skincare products, but it makes me very fearful of trying skincare products a lot because my skin is so sensitive and I can have discoloration and patches and things like that come from like anything. And, and it lasts a long time when you have darker skin, I think. Um, so that is definitely something I struggle with, but um, 
thankfully, for the most part, I stick to the same thing. I tried something different. (laughs) (laughs) I was mad about it, but whatever. We're not going to try something different for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I think like, I think what you said is relatable to me. And I think a lot of people probably listening is like, when you have skin of color, I feel like you have to be just like so much more careful about what you're putting on it. Like, what are the ingredients? What works for you? What doesn't? Because like, not everything is made for us. And especially like, I have very sensitive skin too. So I'm like very, very, very cautious about anything that I put on my skin. So I totally relate to that. And then one little thing that you think is like a problem for like weeks or it's very annoying. Like you get one bump on your nose out of nowhere and then it's like this whole thing and it's very distressing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if you're not someone who typically like gets any, yeah, I'm sure that's very frustrating as well. I mean, that definitely happens to all of us. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's definitely like discoloration and hyperpigmentation. I think one of the things I noticed the most being a darker skin person, I just have like, you know, things like that happen. Um, but yeah, looking for things with like supernatural ingredients and has been really, really helpful lip stuff. You can't always control because like, yeah. you know, that was like a lip balm and it caused that and I didn't know what it had in it. So yeah, that's oh, just unlucky. But for the most part, yeah, I think it's like being careful with what you put on your skin. And like, when you have like a flare up, cause I have like eczema prone skin. I have a lot of, I found like things I think to keep them at bay, but I have a lot of those sorts of issues. When you have like a flare up or an allergic reaction or something like that, can you talk about how that makes you feel? Um, so actually a lot of people in my family have eczema. I don't know that I've ever clearly had it, but I definitely do have like other types of things that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember a lot of people in my family struggling, especially growing up with eczema and like people looking at them funny. And it's also very much more common in melanated skin is what I've noticed with eczema. Um, and it is really hard to deal with skin issues, especially when you're a kid and you're like, could get bullied for it. So it's like one of the hardest things. And I hope there's more like talk of this <laughs> in schools so that people, kids aren't made fun of for the way their skin is, because it is like an actual problem kids deal with. Um, but what to do with flare ups? I don't have like the best advice on this, but I know like with most of my cousins, they've just kind of found the right medicine so that works for them. Right. And it's like a really long process of figuring out what works for you. I know with my brother, like he found, you know, for him, like Vaseline works. Like, it, you know, and <laughs> then one of the lucky ones. One of the lucky ones, right. But then one of my other cousins has like, you know, a steroid medicine that she uses. And so it can kind of depend, but I think just figuring out what works for you. And a lot of, I know that a lot of with eczema specifically flare-ups can happen and be induced by stress. So yeah. that's a big factor in eczema-related flare-ups. So just figuring out what's causing your stress and like working on how to reduce that is probably one of the most important things with that. And yeah. Stress and stress too. and ingredients. I keep hearing you say like, well, stress and what works for you and ingredients, like yeah, stress is the root of a lot of problems. <laughs> so but, I mean, and that's just for everyone, right? Like even right. with you saying like, oh, you get this one pimple randomly, like most of the time it's related to stress, like yeah. that you have these things. And also what you're putting in your body is really important too, because a lot of it can be related to food. Yeah. I'm like, saying like when I eat a lot of ice cream, that's probably the cause of all it, of it. It might be like, yeah, that pizza, like if you go on a binge, like we all do it, but like just know or keep track or like keep a food journal of like what is causing those reactions and when you're getting them because a lot of the times we can solve a lot of these things from what we're putting in our body yeah you definitely can definitely can an inside out approach um okay my last 
well, not really my last question, almost my last question for you. Um, so I loved having you a part of the Beauty of the Nile community and the Love Your Brown Skin movement. So what does being a part of the Beauty of the Nile community mean to you? Um, it means being like an active member in the community with like-minded people who kind of all feel really passionate about this movement of loving your brown skin and of helping others to realize the importance of it and the significance of like keeping this movement going. Um, I think that's what it means to me. I don't know. If okay, good. There's no right answer. So <laughs> I was like, um, I don't know what that right answer was. There's no right answer. I blacked out. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. <laughs> um, okay, so if you could speak to the community of people of color, the beauty of the Nile community, and say, like, this is how I want you to feel about yourself. You know, this is how I want you to feel empowered or feel about your beauty. What would you say to them? How to feel empowered about your beauty is probably just focusing on what what is best for you and what you like focus on what you're already doing, but also on what you can do to improve your own like your own feelings and your own like health and wellness and all these things that are related. But also like talking to your community and seeing like where you are with it and like if there's anything you can be doing and Okay, my last question for you for real. If you had to recommend or suggest one person for me to interview next, who would that be and why? Oh, this is tough. Um man, I can't remember the authors like right off the top of my head, but there's a couple of children's book authors that have come out recently when I can't tell you the names because I have the memory of a goldfish, but um, but I can tell you later. But there are a couple of children's book authors that have come out with some books on colorism um, yeah. and that talk of like children's books for girls. Yeah. I think that is so cool. I love that. I've it seen is. a few people and I've, I had a few people reach out to me to, you know, read their book or like get sent a copy. And I'm just so happy that that's happening. And I think that would be cool. Because like, cool. you know, why would we not be doing that for like our loved ones and passing it on in the future? Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. I'm going to ask you later for sure. For some yeah, time. I don't remember their names, but I will yeah. find it. That's yeah. cool of me. But I'm not a kid anymore, but I do love children's books. I don't I have any children's children. <laughs> I know. And like a lot of cousins that are like having kids and stuff. And like, I feel like that's so important to teach. It um, is. To teach. Yeah. It's a good gift to give. Yeah, right? I don't know. I think it's cool. And you have like nieces and nephews and like little cousins and stuff. Like, come on, everybody has kids in their family. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna read it myself. Yeah. And I, I just have a reason. I loved one of the books that I recently read. Um, It was so cute. I still have it. Like, I, I'm not giving it away. Because <laughs> it. I'm glad you won't, but I'm going to ask you for it later. Um, <laughs> that was a really, really good answer. I have just like loved having you today on the Beauty of the Nile podcast. So thank you for being a part of the Beauty of the Nile community and the Love Your Brown Skin movement. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, where can they find you on social? Um, I'm on Instagram uh, and it's my name, Anita Colathara. So my last name is confusing and hard to spell, but hopefully you'll, you know, figure it out. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> you'll link it. Yeah. And I also am on TikTok. Um, so yeah, find me over there too. Same name. Awesome. <laughs> Well, we are over at Beauty of the Nile on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all the things um, and beautyofthenile.com for skin tips and tricks for skin of color. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope you all have loved this conversation as much as I have. Anita was an amazing guest. 
I particularly loved her points about the importance of having diversity in front of and behind the camera and her stories of rising up against colorism in her own life. I'm excited to continue to bring you amazing, empowering, enriching conversations for women of color from the experts on skin of color. This is Jasmine Mobley, and you've been listening to the Beauty of the Nile podcast. Beauty of the Nile is your source for wonderful skincare tips, favorite skincare solutions, amazing advice, great conversation, and fabulous beauty inspiration, specifically for women of color, from the experts on skin of color. Love your brown skin. Tune in next week, same time, same place, for more stellar information and a new amazing guest who will be dropping gems. You won't want to miss it. For more great content, head to beautyofthenile.com to sign up for our free newsletter and to be the first to know what's next at Beauty of the Nile. Join us on Instagram and all social channels at Beauty of the Nile. And join our Facebook group, Beauty of the Nile Community. We can't wait to connect and grow with you. Until next week, enjoy life. <music>